Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hi, everyone. AMD here, aka the Queen of Sexy, here to tell you about another amazing episode. Today's guest is Glenn, aka Gutter Puke. I have had the opportunity to have conversations with Glenn on different occasions, and every time our conversations are at least an hour long, and they're just fascinating. I just, you know, we really enjoy talking with each other and getting to know each other. And I was so excited to bring him on to this episode because Glenn has actually helped me understand more things about transgender people and about the language around it. Um, around, Don't say it. Hi, everyone. AMD, a.k.a. the Queen of Sexy, here to bring you another awesome episode of my favorite podcast, today's guest is Glenn, aka Gutter Puke. Now, Gutter Puke and I have spent some time talking to each other off the record. We have become friends over the course of quarantine, and I've learned so much from him. Well, a lot of what I've learned about is specifically is how, when to use the word femme and what sort of, you know, what where it belongs in the realm of language and how complicated it can be um, when talking about all different types of folks. So um, we broke that down a bit in this episode. And I think that's really important as we move through this life and navigate all of these things. Um, there's just so much to learn. And so um, I'm very grateful for him to for taking the time and, and explaining a lot of that here on this episode. And we also do get to talk about what it was like for him being born and growing up in a Christian cult, switch to stripper. So uh, it's it's very interesting. We get into a bunch of stuff. We talked for a while. We had a blast. Um, and I just know that you're going to enjoy yourself as well. And if you haven't checked out Glenn's artwork yet, make sure that you follow him at gutterpuke on Instagram because his shit is fucking bomb. Um, and he's amazing and you're amazing for listening and showing up every week. So go ahead and enjoy yourselves. Here he comes. Hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of yes, a stripper podcast today. I have a very exciting guest with me. Hello, Glenn. Hey, AKA gutter puke. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, Glenn, the, before we get started, we have to know what are your pronouns? My pronouns are he, him, and yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it's a tradition that we're doing here, making sure that we honor everyone's pronouns in the beginning of the show. So thank you. Um, yeah, and so you and I actually have, we, how did we meet? Actually, we can't say how we met, so we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we're just thinking that it's under a It's a secret. It's a secret. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've been talking for several months now, and it's just been mm -hmm. such an absolute pleasure getting to know you because I was totally, uh, I'm a huge fan of your art on Instagram. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really amazing, like, getting to know you and the Soldiers of Pole folks. Like, it's just really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. We, um, it looks like you just use a double fisting dick move, which is, that's like kind of a go-to you know, move for I me on stage. Like, you know, I like, normally like, yeah, guys, what's up? <laughs> no, it's just, it just reminded me because it's one of like my favorite go-to moves on stage. So you just brought back so many memories. So thank you for that. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, your your art was, I was always just, I was in awe of it. And um, there's a couple of us that were, you know, when we started to like chat with you, we're like, oh my God, we're talking with gutter puke. Like we, we just thought you were so cool. I, you know, when you said um, that, I think uh, Selena said that she knew who I was. I was like, oh my God, what? Yeah. 
I know who I know who they are too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um just for those of you listening, Selena is also known as Pretty Boy Girl on Instagram, and that's who we're talking about. And they're just both incredible artists that you both like really enjoy each other's work. So yay, love all around. Yay. It's a great time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have so many questions for you. And the last conversation that we had off the record was just so fascinating to me. And thank you so much for sending me that article about the term femme and femme mm. bodies because I was using the term incorrectly. Was it did I use it incorrectly all the time or most of the time when you heard me? Um I honestly don't remember because it was remember. a little while ago. Sure. Um I definitely remember hearing it in an episode Mm-hmm. And I think it was like the um, context was femme bodies, almost like, you know, female bodies. Right. A little bit. Right. And like, I totally understand like the context. And it's definitely like, it's so hard with English. There's not like a lot of language and nuance to like talk about things in a gender neutral way, really. Yeah. And, um, so like with that um like I totally knew what you were talking about like uh just people who are affected by misogyny and like the way that yeah you know, that is manifested um and unfortunately because of the like commodification of the word queer and the word femme they both got capitalized on like you go on dolls kill and it's like femme bra and I'm like that's okay I <laughs> roll. I roll. Anything that Dolls Kill does, I roll. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it gets lost in translation. It, uh, different people in the queer community um, and gay community feel different ways about it. Some people feel like only lesbians can identify as femme because that's the roots of the word. And mm. um, other people just think anybody who's not straight can use the word femme. Hmm. And of course, when I say that, I mean, like, you know, like the whole cishet thing, there were, I got quite a few comments on a, on that post I made about what femme is. Oh, you did? So was there like back and forth in those comments about that? Yeah, there were a bunch of straight people up in my comments really mad that they couldn't call themselves femmes. Okay, well, they can just (laughs) get over themselves. Um. (laughs) Comments turned off. No freedom of speech on my page. Good night. <laughs> well, yeah. So I was using it. My understanding of it, which I've come to understand is not necessarily proper understanding, is that it was any body that identified with feminine in any way. And it, I, mm. I was using it as a way to honor people who might be in a feminine body but not necessarily identify as female and so because I don't like to when I speak generally about dancers and the sexualization of bodies typically the female body is the most sexualized by the general public but I want to include transgender people um or uh like for instance, or people who before they're transgender, before they go through the process that really identify as a female, but are in a male body. So yeah, so that's kind of what I was leaning towards. What are your thoughts on all of that? So I think what's hard for me is like, when people use the word femme, they generally include me in that and I'm not a femme Mm. and so that's where I have tissues is because mainly because the word is used out of context and because I get labeled something that I'm not right and um I think you know it it sounds like feminine, right? It sounds like the first part of feminine. Mm-hmm. But femme doesn't actually mean feminine in the way that we think of femininity. Okay. So, like, I'm trans mask, but I still, you know, 
put on a full face of makeup and a wig and my stripper heels and go to work. And I'm still masked at the end of the day. Right. Plenty of people who are femme and they're more like butch femme or tomboy femme, something that you wouldn't think as typically feminine. And it's just, it's really, (laughs) it's really hard to like tackle it. Um, Sometimes it feels like there's just like no way to be a hundred percent inclusive all the time. Like that's definitely the goal. And like one of the things that I've thought about is like, okay, well, instead of saying like, this is a space for women and femmes, you can say this is a space for people affected by misogyny or Mm, um, this is a space for all non-men or um, like just being more, uh, I don't know, I guess more specific in a way. It's kind of like you don't say BIPOC for everything. right you don't say queer for everything gay for everything femme for everything um and I think what it really gets down to uh is that that there's still this like coding in our society where we see somebody and we put them in our binary are they Mm -hmm. a boy are they a girl and so then you want to quantify that with language it's like it's kind of like when people are like oh I have a boyfriend and then you meet them and it's a trans dude and you're like, oh, and it's just this interesting thing that like, I think we're all unlearning because it's just like so prevalent in our society. Like you are a boy or you are a girl, or even if, you know, in the whole broad spectrum of gender identities, um, <clears throat> you still experience that internally and externally in the world. Yeah. Well, I was looking at your videos today on Instagram and you do wear like amazing tiny bikinis and really tall thigh high boots. And, um, that, and I was like, oh, there's, I see like you tapped into this feminine side. So if I were dancing with you at work and I would want, cause what I've said in the past is like, Gosh, I have so many ways I want to go with this. I've (laughs) said in the past, I could watch these women for the rest of my life or women like this for the rest of my life dance this way. But if I were working with you, you wouldn't fall into that category of language. And I said in a writing piece that just got edited this morning, I, I repeated that sentiment that I could watch. And I, I wrote feminine bodies and the editor changed it to female bodies. And I sat there for a while going like, I don't like that. I don't like that because I've worked with trans people before. I worked with a trans woman in Vegas and I suppose she would have wanted me to refer to her as a female, but what if I'm working with Glenn? Then how am I inclusive to Glenn? Yeah, it's something that I honestly haven't figured out myself either because um, I am not out at the club and there are a couple Mm. of the dancers that follow me on social media and like, oh, and have have reached out to me with some intrusive questions. Um, Mm. (laughs) And it's like, I understand that as well intention and that they want to like, you know, be supportive um, and probably just don't know the best way to do that. And I just try to keep it really simple. Like when I'm at the club, I'm candy. I'm a girl. I'm a, you know, like, Oh, that's, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, so it's, uh, it's literally like night and day. I saw that like photo shoot, um, like, I don't even, never seen it before but it's that photo that went like viral and it was like you know a kind of a more butchy booky looking woman and then like a really tall like bimbo looking woman like standing next to each other i haven't seen the same same model and it's like photoshopped together i'm like oh i should do that with glenn and candy 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, is that is that the dude who is holding a beer can like a Pabst Blue Ribbon with a cigarette out of, hanging out of his mouth? No. Okay, so there just to fill in the blank, there is this image of of, of a man and it, it's like this was me before, you know, I realized that I really wanted to be a woman on the outside and it's the same person similar to what you're talking about in two totally different looks. Um, yeah, so I get what you're saying. I think we may have seen different photos, but same, same idea. idea. Yeah. 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 Um I I get the intrusive question thing. That happens that's happened to me since losing my leg. Everyone needs to know about my body parts. What mm-hmm. happened? How did that happen? Can you tell like and it's like, hey, what happened to your leg? So rude. And then when I and so, you know, conversely, I I when I talk about my transgender friends to people that I'm close with and they ask me questions about operations and I'm like, A, I have no clue because I don't ask those questions and B, neither should you, you know? So I'm having to like teach people close to me, but what are your, what are your thoughts on that? I, um, this is, this is the, this is where it gets complicated because my like bipolar comes into play. So it really depends on the day and the person like asking me how Mm -hmm. I'm going to respond. Mm -hmm. And I have somebody reach out to me and she's so nice. She's like such a wonderful person. And I know that she wasn't trying to be intrusive whatsoever. She was trying to be supportive and just be like, I love you. But yeah, with that came the, bottom surgery questions Mm. and you know I just kind of I don't know wiggled my way through that because I (sighs) didn't really want to be like the fuck why you why you asking about my glizzy what's going on I've never heard that why you want to know (laughs) glizzy is that what you just called it yeah my dick. <laughs> I love that word. Thank Isn't you. it great? It's so fun. Yeah. There's so okay. many great words. There's bussy, bussy. Bussy. Wow. Bussy. Love it. Okay, keep going. Didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just amazed. No, no. Um, so that is hard. And I think it, especially like if I, because I have a couple of videos of me dancing in a jock strap with, my packer on so I think that I think that that probably invited like I didn't invite it but I think people thought that that invited them to be curious about what's going on in that area like because it's like oh it's flat but here I can see that it's not flat what's going on and it's like does it really matter are we having sex that it doesn't matter Uh, (laughs) it's like being like oh is that a wig what kind of wig is that when did you get that wig since when are you wearing wigs like i have also had to tell people don't call me out on my page for wearing a wig (laughs) right like uh, why is it everyone else's business what is going on with our bodies as a society i feel like Everyone feels entitled to understand and know and have the details on what's going on with other people's bodies. Even to the point of like the question, what do you do for work? You know, like that is so ingrained in us too. the like, okay, what's your job? Because that defines you somehow. Like, right. That's what your value I love- is. <laughs> I love the TikTok thing where, they're uh god it's like a drag queen singing or something and she's like i'm an accountant when people like ask what she does for work <laughs> so that's what i'm doing now too because nobody asks any questions it's perfect you're right i'm an accountant for what accountants <laughs> i don't know yeah i'm an accountant for a business yeah exactly and they do they do they stop asking you questions i remember during the like several years ago when people would ask me what I did for a living, I wouldn't even say I pole danced because 
I just didn't feel like having the conversation about the difference and who I was and how so I didn't want them to file me away in their little compartmental Rolodex and then like ask me intrusive questions. Man, it's something that I definitely learned the hard way. Um, that it's just like, because at first I would just say I work at a bar. Well, then people ask more questions. And then there's only one club here and it's a small area. And like, if you answer too many questions, they're like, do you work at such and such? It's like, damn it. <laughs> so yeah, the accountant thing has really saved me. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I think I'm going to start doing that one too. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, So can we talk about your beginnings as a human in the world? You had mentioned to me that you were in, and I'm going to fuck up this pronounce this pronunciation an Xian cult. Yeah, I say say X-Gen instead of Christian because I'm so lazy. (laughs) Oh, got it. So, okay. I did Google that and I found some articles, but there were like several different options. So it's, so is X-Gen, that is like the formal abbreviation of Christian? I'm not sure. Okay. Um, Somehow I picked up that slang. It's kind of like Xmas instead of Christmas. Yeah. The, oh, that so makes like sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, X I get it. Stands for Christ kind of thing. Uh, totally. I get that now. Okay, that <laughs> makes sense. So when I Googled it, like the things did pop up. So it must be, yeah. So you were in a Christian cult when you were younger. Do you remember any of that? Oh, yeah. It was really so weird, man. Yeah. Yeah. So my parents are still in that cult. Oh, okay. Um, so where do I start? Let's see here. The cults called the International Church of Christ. Sometimes they refer to themselves as the one true church. Oh. Um, it's a Christian mind control cult, and it was started in Boston. Oh. And my mom and her mom were original members of that first church. Wow. And um, I think it was a guy named Kit McKean that founded the church. And what he did was he got like a bunch of like, college um preachers or it was was a long time ago that i read the history so let's see how much i can remember okay got a bunch of young people like college things um college peoples and uh basically they would like invite other people to come for like a group thing and i don't think that they would explicitly say it's like a bible study but it would like turn into that and you know, it's an evangelical Christian thing. Mm-hmm. So you got to pull people in. You got to save people because it's the only way to get to, it's the only way to get to heaven through the ICOC. <laughs> and, um, so uh, anyways, what ends up happening with the ICOC is um, that you get alienated from your friends and your family and anybody who doesn't want to be saved. Right. And if you get deep enough in it, like any cult, it can feel like there's no way out. I have nothing. Like there were people who committed suicide. Um, There's a young woman who committed suicide and she just, she was just so alienated from her family, from her friends. She didn't feel like she was, you know, keeping up with the teachings um she didn't you know it's just this it's this weird mentality where you just like get stuck in it and you don't see a way out and you're like i have to i have to do this and maybe that will work and maybe i'll you know right so i didn't really know it was a cult because I didn't really have friends outside the church very much. Like the only thing that really saved me from like, you know, getting sucked into that is that my parents couldn't afford to send me to private Christian school. Oh, was that like a mandatory for y'all? Most, most people in the ICOC were pretty freaking privileged. Um, Right. Big mega, 
big mega church. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the kids went to like private Christian schools and stuff. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I always went to public school. So I was around secular people and I was like, wait, you guys are like a lot different. There's mm. something going on. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, so apparently, um, dad, when he used to come visit grandma, who I live with now, mm -hmm. um, the church would call like every hour because he was with his mom who wasn't saved. And every hour they would pray over him. Like, so creepy. Yeah. So creepy. The um, reason my parents got married is because uh, the thing that the ICOC does is that they create different Bibles groups. And one of them is the singles Bible group. So the church throws all the singles together and it's like, get married, mm. have babies, do Jesus things. So that's how my parents got married. They were basically a church ordained couple. <laughs> wow. Um, and, uh, the thing about the ICOC is that there's like basically a church in every, uh, state or big city because it just, it blew up. It got really big. Mm -hmm. Um, what's, what I didn't realize was when my mom's mom died and I was at her, uh, memorial service is that my mom's mom actually helped found the Houston chapter of the International Church of Christ. So by that point, I'd already realized like, oh, so this is what happened. I grew up in a cult. It was really, really messed up. I'm getting more information, more information. I'm like, and I'm basically cult royalty too. My mom was in the original church. Her mom helped found another church. Okay. All right. You're a cult. <laughs> yeah, you were a cult like prince, princess, like yeah in that yeah like wow go down before me yeah. wow uh i'd have to say the weirdest thing about that cult though is like so i think when people think of christian cults they think of like the branch davidians or like you know living in a compound and being isolated right and you can be isolated and not on a compound which is almost even more terrifying yeah. And the whole mind control thing is just that, you know, like, if you don't follow these teachings, you're going to burn in hell. And it's yeah. scary. And you get inundated with that from, like, being really, really little. Yeah. And the other weird thing is that you're supposed to listen to all adults in the church like they're your parents. Like you all the adults. How, you can see how problematic that is right there. I had people who were not my parents like physically discipline me mm -mm. like they would have they would make me wash my mouth out with soap and they're not even my parents and i'm supposed to listen to them like they're my parents because they're adults and i'm a kid and that's the way the church works and i'm like you know thinking back on it that kind of sets up a perfect breeding ground for like child molestation and shit yeah but, and like tons of like <sighs> developmental like emotional developmental situations when you're yeah like how do you trust people after growing up for long term in that scenario like you would just have no trust for anybody because they might no. smack you or something yeah i don't know what's up with you know i don't know what's up with white christians but they really like spanking their kids man i know i know this one <laughs> thing that i read all about the wooden spoon <laughs> yeah the, this one thing that i read it was all like spare the rod spoil the child and it was like mm -hmm. and it was very similar and i wonder if it was under the same church you were talking about but how they're like teachers would basically beat their ass if they were bad you know using quotes when i'm saying that right right you know? yeah um I didn't even know that, you know, getting your mouth washed out with soap, sitting on your hands, getting spanked, like, you know, all these Christian, like, bread and butter punishments weren't normal till we moved to the Bay Area. Right. <laughs> My friends were like, that's child abuse. And I'm like, shut 
your mouth. No, I, that's not what's happening. No. Goodbye. Really? So was that, was there a period of transition that you had to like come to terms with what reality is outside of the cult? Was that like an experience? That was, yeah. um, I was so isolated. Like my mom was really freaking obsessive about knowing where I was like at all times Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until like after I graduated high school got my license that I just was like peace peace out (laughs) yeah literally just spend all day like in the city not doing anything just to like not be at home and just like sit at like the coffee shop that all my friends visited and just hope that somebody like would walk by so I could hang out with them yeah um and that was a like it was a difficult transition because like, right. I stopped going to church when I figured out my parents couldn't spank me anymore. So Mm -hmm. that was around 16. Mm -hmm. And then about a year or two later, I graduated high school and then I moved out into a trailer. And so like right around that time where I'm supposed to be like, you know, setting up independence and like, I don't know, worldview, get on my own two feet. Just like a bunch of stuff happened. So I really didn't get to process that I had grown up into a cult until about like two years ago. Wow. Because there was just back to back to back to back bad things happening through that whole time. So like basically from 17... 24 I was just dealing with so much shit that like that was not even on my radar and I didn't even realize like wow I still have deprogramming to do Mm. until last year and um it's weird because it's like with that sort of like puritanical background and like adding that to like also being like a stripper or in sex work it's very strange because I still have so many holdups about sex sure like I don't even I can't even listen to like other people having sex without being like I should leave now (laughs) (laughs) give me all some privacy (laughs) yeah but um what I found interesting is that like in being like a stripper it kind of like gives you a space to like just do that and it's like I don't know it's encouraged strongly encouraged to be very sexual yeah (laughs) which is like the opposite of what you were born and raised with because you were born into this cult right because that's how your parents met yeah yes absolutely so would you say that I mean you know is it possible that stripping and sex work like helped you heal those the like what the cult did as far as damaging your feelings around sex in general would you say that it was like assisted you in overcoming certain things I think of anything that sex work has taught me a lot of lessons Mm -hmm. so I've been able to like take away certain things from that and I started doing sex work when I started going to therapy so I have been doing both for the same amount of time and um I when I moved here I had no boundaries I had I was just like an open like bleeding wound I had so much going on and sex work really taught me a lot about boundaries about like standing up for yourself um about my own like self-worth as a person so like that you know comboed with um talk therapy has definitely like really restored my confidence just in myself as a person. Like I'm cool. Like Glenn's cool. I can be me and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm worthwhile just being me. And like, that was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I just, I love that. <laughs> that's really nice. You grew up in a Christian cult where I'm assuming that because in most Christianity being gay is or being not identifying as cis is like not chill with those people. 
So was that difficult for you to be raised in this atmosphere? Yeah, it was. Is that okay to talk about? Yeah. Um, Because I don't think, I think there's plenty of people. I have some friends that grew up in Christianity and um, have, have had their own sexuality um, questions that got very clouded by the religion they grew up in. And I'm asking because um, there are other people out there that have experienced that type of situation. It's super heartbreaking because I'm right on the cusp, right? Like, so the generation underneath me, uh, what is that? Gen Z? So what are, are you a millennial? Yeah. I think Gen, I think it's like Gen X millennials, Gen Z. I think, I think so. I think it's Gen X, Y, Z. I don't know. It's Gen X. (laughs) (laughs) So you're, yeah, got it. So the people who were born like 2000s and after, I don't think that they're going to have the same like experience because with me, gay conversion camps was still a big thing. Okay. And I, if I had realized, I protected myself so much. in that cult that I didn't even let myself think about Mm. not being straight or Mm -hmm. like, I always said, like, I want to be a boy. I'm a boy. I'm one of the boys. I said that my whole life. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know how my parents haven't figured out that I'm gay and trans. I'm not going to tell them, but (laughs) something that I've said my whole (laughs) life. And um, that was never a problem when I was a child, like my parents weren't offended. My mom was like, yes, life would be easier if you were born a boy. I totally get it. And I'm just like that in and of itself is kind of fucked up. <laughs> um, yeah. That's there's some unpacking. That's all right. <laughs> uh, right? And so um, uh, when it came to like sexuality, Around the time that, like, I probably started realizing, like, I am not just straight um, is around the time that Prop 8 was a thing in California. Mm -hmm. And my parents, my parents had no money (laughs) and they donated to the Prop 8 defense fund. Mm -hmm. That's how much they hate gays. (laughs) Okay. And, like... I never, ever thought about talking to my parents about my sexuality or about sex, like about anything like that at all. Mm. And um, in high school, I had a best friend who was um, out as a lesbian and she was at my house and this was when I still used Facebook. and this is when Facebook would be like, so-and-so is going to this event. Right, right? when we had check-ins. I hated that. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got invited to an LGBT event. Um, and this is like, this is before 2010. So it was just LGBT plus. There wasn't sure the other half of the alphabet. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> When y'all weren't looking, we took half the alphabet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't diss the gay agenda. We're coming for you. <laughs> but um, so I said, yes, I'm interested in going to this. And um, at the time, I was still like Facebook friends with like basically the whole church and my parents. Mm. My parents saw that. They called me downstairs and they just started screaming at me. Oh. And they were like, why are you going to this event? This is like disgraceful you're embarrassing us like people from the church are seeing that you go to this event and I started like I don't really want to say it but they started like calling me like a the f word yep (laughs) they started calling me that yeah so that wasn't fun and then I'm sorry 
like it was sometime after that that I decided that I wanted to start wearing boxer briefs and my mom just flipped her lid about that she was not stuck she's like that's indecent that's indecent for you to wear boxer briefs there's a hole in the underwear that's indecent and I'm just like I'm going to wear whatever <laughs> underwear I want and you can't say none about it my underwear yeah but it definitely was hard and I think like like literally I was so closeted like when I look back it's so obvious everybody fucking knew I was gay besides me I like literally didn't let myself think about it at all yeah and I'm unfortunately dealing with that now um (laughs) 10 years later (laughs) yeah um but I remember in church they uh there so there's youth group in church for like the teenagers and then there's like children's and there's all you're divided up by age and you're put into groups it's a church thing they like doing it Mm -hmm. like putting you into groups um and so there was a youth group thing for sex education Mm -hmm. I I kid you not I've I popped out the womb fighting I'm sure I did because these Christians must have prayed for patience to get me (laughs) yeah I filibustered the whole damn class because the pastor the youth pastor was talking about how being gay is a decision and I just, I flipped my shit. I was just like, oh, yeah? Yeah? How old was I? Like 16? It's like, so you woke up and you decided, I'm straight today and I have to love my wife because I'm straight. You woke up and you decided that. And he straight up was like, yes. He was convinced that he did that. And I just I just kept going. I was like, oh, really? So you have to make a conscious decision to love your wife every day? You have to make a conscious decision to be physically attracted to her every day? That sounds terrible. That sounds like a terrible time. Right. <laughs> And like they kept trying to like change the subject, I wouldn't let them. I was like, no, you guys are stupid, you're dumb, you're wrong. Like, yeah, and I wonder if he said yes because maybe he is gay, or was. I don't know if that guy's around or not, but maybe right. maybe that was a decision that he made, and he's living proof of this quote unquote lesson, you know, in his mind. Not, I'm not saying that I agree with what he's saying. I just, for the record, everyone, I am not agreeing. <laughs> with what the pastor's saying (laughs) i'm just saying maybe like i wonder if his response was yes um i mean yes obviously he's probably defending his rhetoric but also i wonder if they themselves are experiencing that and are trapped by their own beliefs i definitely know that both my mom and dad had encounters and um which is normal right it's normal right but you put it in the context of a christian cult and it's not that is sin that is Mm -hmm. dirty dirty sin and um so it's like i know both of my dad and my mom have had like some gay encounters if they haven't i i it's impossible from what they've told me there's at least one for both of them okay and so they literally think because of that because they had that one encounter and they didn't like it, that they chose to be straight. And they're like, that was the language in the church at the time is that it is a choice to be straight. It is a choice to be gay. And that is the wrong choice. The correct choice is to be straight and have babies and worship Jesus. That's, that's the correct choice. Right. And, um, it really got intense when Prop 8 was a thing because, of course, the church rhetoric is just like. So heavy. What was it? Vote, vote yes. Like, yeah, vote yes. Prop 8 defense on. Yeah. Vote yes on Prop 8. Protect the sanctity of marriage. Marriage is between a man and a woman. It's Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. The whole thing was bullshit. I was so mad. But, yeah, yeah. I, there were multiple times where I just, I would be in class and I'd be like, what you're saying literally makes no sense. Uh, it's not rooted in the Bible. I don't know what literature you're talking about. Yeah, it's not very often that they're questioned. You know, I actually is similar to you because I had to. I went. I 
my parents forced me to go to Roman Catholic church and I got first communion, but not confirmed. Um, there was no time to get me confirmed because I boycotted the church at 10 years old because similar to you, I was like, this yeah. is all bullshit. How in the flirk does a man with his hands go, okay, part this big ass piece of water right here so we all can walk through it for several hours. I'm like, y'all are teaching me science in this same exact school because our CCD on Sundays was at my same school that I went to. I'm like, you're teaching me science Monday through Friday and then you teach me this bullshit on Sunday? Like something doesn't add up and I'm not with any of it. And I boy boycotted the church wholly because of because of that. Um, and also I had a real problem with y'all making me wake up hella early Monday through Friday going to school and then you making me wake up fucking on Sunday on my goddamn day off. Yeah, I couldn't take it anymore. I, I was... I was like, I go to school and I'm falling asleep in school because I'm so tired already. I am a teenager. My body is growing at the speed of light. You want me to wake up at 7 a.m. on Sunday? The worst part was is that they had church more than once a week. There was church on Wednesdays, too. No. (laughs) No to all of that. So quick question before we move on. Have you seen Leah Remini's series on Scientology? No, but I have, it's interesting. I've listened to like a three-parter, I think it was last podcast on the left that like explained the whole Scientology thing. That shit was whack. Yeah. Oh and, my God. Yeah. And, and I could totally see how it happens too. Yeah. And then she does, there's one episode where she covers Jehovah's Witness, Jehovah's Witnesses as well in one episode because there's so much similarities. And um, I... I did never knew to what degree, like I didn't really know what Jehovah's Witnesses were other than they were people that came and knock on your door. But I didn't, like I never knew yeah. like what they practice or what they really believe. I guess I had an inkling that they don't celebrate holidays, but to me that's not really weird because I don't celebrate holidays or my birthday. The thing that was weird to me was when I met a Jehovah's Witness when I was in middle school um and i heard it was her birthday i was like oh my god happy birthday blah blah, blah. she was like no 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 i don't celebrate my birthday I was just right like, i've never heard of that before yeah yeah and I, the only reason i celebrate my birthday is to um what's the word i'm looking for exploit it and myself to <laughs> make <laughs> <laughs> to make extra money Literally. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how you can tell I've fallen on hard times is when I'm talking about my birthday. <laughs> when things are great, I don't acknowledge it. I just, I just, it's not my thing. I just, it's, it's not that I'm afraid of my birthday. I, I'm fine with telling people how old I am. I just, mm, I just don't feel like it. I think it's silly. That's my own personal belief. I don't judge anybody for celebrating their birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, I, I just really want to acknowledge you for sharing all of this because um i recognize that some of this is maybe not stuff that you share super freely and um you know so thank you for sharing that (laughs) thank you for opening up the dialogue there's not really like a lot of context it's not like hey nice to meet you i'm glad i grew up in a christian cult uh (laughs) so how are you doing i mean sometimes it's a fun like you know party conversation but right yeah, and Only I for so long. <laughs> yeah, totally. And <laughs> it gets a little dark. Um, but there's so many <laughs> there's so many sex workers out there and then people maybe who want to be sex workers and who have struggled with their religious upbringing and what that means for them. And mm-hmm. so I just, you know, it's so you I just see you as such a courageous person for just continuing to stand up for what felt right to you and what felt good. So it's just so important that um, people have feel empowered to do that. It has been a wild ride. And, you know, it's not fruitless, to be honest. Like, Mm -hmm. I used to have screaming matches with my parents about the gay agenda. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like some of the rhetoric that they had was awful. My parents literally told me that gays are 
sexual predators trying to recruit you into their alternative lifestyle. My dad told me that a attractive lesbian is a waste of a woman. Um, Like a whole bunch of shit. And recently, uh, oh shit, not recently. (laughs) (laughs) I saw my parents like over a year ago and I'm like, yeah, that was... That happened recently because that's quarantine. How yeah, but quarantine really skewed our like sense of time, though. Honestly, like this year feels yeah. like last year felt like a blur. I've been saying like in 2019, I'm like, oh my god, what happened to an entire year? How is it 2021 already? Anyway, keep going. <laughs> so yeah, it was in October of 2019. Um, it was because yeah, I was at my grandma's funeral, and that's when I realized because. Um, that brought up a lot of shit because people from the cult were there. Sure. All the people from the cult were there. Wow. And they were talking about her. It was in Houston. And I was there with my sister. So I have two half sisters. And they also have trauma from, you know, spending summers with us. And we're in a cult. And they're not. Right. So, like, I didn't even really realize it. So, like, that trip, I talked to Melissa and she said that, like, I never even realized that she said that she felt bad that she couldn't take me with her, oh. to take me out of that, because that's how bad it was. So in typical mature Glenn fashion, uh, I was having a hard time at my uh, crazy conservative Trump voting aunt's house. Sure. So I decided I'm going to drink some beer and just have a great time by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just associate. Well, dad was still awake and I was, God, this is so, what a mess. Dad was still awake. I was kind of drunk. And so I was just like, dad, do you remember when you told me that an attractive lesbian is a waste of a woman? I just like started ragging on him for like all the shit he'd ever said. He's like, yeah, I do. And that was wrong of me. And wow. like, he actually like, you know. My dad went from listening to Michael Savage, Rush Limbaugh, Glenn Beck, like being an alt-right Republican before there was a term for it, like yeah. Tea Party before there was a Tea Party. Yeah. And then like this last election, like he's almost on a 180 with his politics. He's like, oh. I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primaries. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> I know. I'm that like, is different. My dad, <laughs> my dad who fought in the Cold War and listened to Michael Savage voted for a socialist. What? <laughs> wow. So, Way to like, go. you know, I, I never cut off my parents and I don't think I can. Like I, I could say it and then I wouldn't be able to follow through with it. But we've had conversations my whole life and I've always had a different point of view and they've always listened to that and so there has been some change yeah like my parents know I'm a stripper that's they they know that mm. I that just happened and you know it's like okay well now my parents know I'm a stripper so you know okay whatever and this is the weird disconnect I think that they think being a stripper is more acceptable than being weird uh, gay or trans interesting and so for me i'm just like in my mind in my circle i'm like isn't being a stripper more stigmatized than being gay but i guess not to them interesting. i don't know when That's- my mom tried to talk to me about it i was just like uh 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 jesus's best friend jesus's best friend. mary magdalene <laughs> best friend in the whole world wow Amazing. Well, I'm glad for your dad and I'm glad for you that you can. And it's amazing that you carried on the the relationship and and transformed it, it sounds like. So just incredible. Incredible. Thank you so much again for sharing all that. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. Well, I guess this could apply to both like people who are already in the industry, but definitely to baby strippers save your money don't spend it don't spend it like crazy the assumption of i will just make back the money next night isn't really the best idea like even if you can just put like every week like put 50 dollars into like a roth ira from your stripping 
Like you will be able to retire early. Like that would be my stripper tip. Go That's to the great. Vanguard, open a Roth IRA, put $50 in it every week, buy some tech stocks and you know, do, yeah, I mean, that's, retirement plan. <laughs> yeah, and that's really easy and tangible, you know, so yeah. awesome. Yes, $50 a week in a Roth. That sounds, that's tangible. I wish I had been doing that. So, dang. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. Are you ready? Question number I think one. So. Okay. What's the best part about being single when you are single? I can do whatever the fuck I want. Being a bachelor is the best. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yes, please. Do you believe in second chances? <laughs> oh, yeah, I shouldn't, though. I have a three-strike rule that should be a one-strike rule. <laughs> okay, so you don't believe in fourth chances. I like that. No. <laughs> You have a third strike rule, which means, yeah, got it. So you do believe in second and third chances, but not fourth. I love it. Boundaries. Okay. Um, what was the last thing you made? The last thing I made um, was a little drawing for the second zine I'm going to do. I drew like the, you know, I feel like there's two classic stripper heels there's the sandal without the ankle strap and there's the sandal with the two straps yes and so i was drawing i was drawing the sandal with the two straps because um, one of the dancers at our club here she has always been wearing them and she's been working there for a very long time i'm like that's just og we gotta it's we gotta so the OG. OG heel up i used to wear those too <laughs> in the nude strip clubs yes so og last one what are your thoughts on the finest fast food chain called taco bell Oh my God. That's the only place that's open when the club closes. So <laughs> I swear to God, every stripper after the club closes is in that Taco Bell line at like 2.30 in the morning. That's hilarious. <laughs> they must know all of us. They must know. Because, you know, we're driving through full face of makeup. Like <laughs> They have hey. to with all your cash. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just, let me get it out of my money bag. Just like yeah. all these crumbled up ones. Yeah, I I Amazing. have been caught by Taco Bell more than once. Amazing. <laughs> I would. Ha I'm starving. I would actually have Taco Bell right now. Um. Okay, so this has been so eye opening and informative and interesting, and um, we need everyone to follow you now. So where should they go to follow you and learn more about you? Um, so my main account that I'm using is the real gutter puke and it's just spelled the way the okay. words are spelled, yeah. the real gutter puke. And then, um, my other one is just gutter puke. That's my art page slash backup for whatever. Yeah, I know. You never <laughs> my know. Your account gets deleted because I won't stop wearing tiny bikinis. Man, they're so <laughs> cute though. They're so, they're so cute. I love them. Cute. I know um well thank you again so much for joining with us and sharing everything and i hope that there's people out there that can learn and feel empowered from this conversation so thank you yeah i definitely hope that like if anybody still feels like stuck in that type of like puritanical like environment that they can be encouraged that like there are different ways to exist yeah and it takes time to find your like your footing but yeah it's out there yeah well here's to good health to everyone out there and for finding your path and finding your truth thank you so much for tuning in and uh listen in next week bye everyone Hey guys, I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yes, a stripper podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a stripper podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a stripper pod. Yes, a stripper podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. 
be sure to email any questions or comments to yes, a stripper podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at the queen of sexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.